What is up, everyone? Welcome back to Jeff Needs Sports, an official Off the Ball Network production. This is the this is a, a a part of the college football preview series that we're doing tonight. Is the Big Ten and and believe me and believe me, I got to I got two of the um I got two of the best in the business. I got to uh, I want we'll we'll just put it this way: they are. Um, they're involved <laughs> in the Big Ten. I got Mo Murphy from the Up in Flames uh, podcast, and I got Jay Stevens from the Jay Stevens podcast and the host of the Locked on Buckeyes podcast. So, uh, gentlemen, uh, thanks for coming on. We're going to talk Big Ten football. We're going to – I think we should, we'll probably dabble on Ohio State since we're <laughs> three of the biggest Ohio State fans that, honestly, I've ever met. And uh, we're going to have a lot of fun tonight. So, uh, Mo from Up in Flames, how are you doing this evening? I'm good. Jeff, you know, we've <laughs> talked prior to the show. So, I'm like, I'm amped up. I'm I'm ready to go. The minute the minute something ignites the switch, <laughs> the conversation reverts that way. I'm going to let loose just a little bit. You're going to live up to Up in Flames today. Uh, Jay Stevens, um, you are... You are in the thick of the preseason previews. You're doing your daily show, you know, for Locked On Buckeyes. You're doing a wonderful job. Um, today's episode on the Jay Stevens podcast, when you broke down, like, I'll just call it the, the I'll just say the future of college football and the outlook and all that. Was super in depth and super smart. I really enjoyed that. So, uh, Jay Stevens, how's Jay Stevens doing tonight? Jeff, you lit a fuse. You just lit the match <laughs> and set it up for me because you mentioned that Jay Stevens podcast episode. The college football landscape to me, it's been annoying to me for a very long time. What I hope I hope we don't go down that road because Mo has his own little thing that if you say something, he's going off. If you give me a second, like a crack the door to go right through by the college football landscape right now, I'll go smooth off. I can go 10 minutes straight without like, just hyperventilating. You would think, how is he breathing? It's just what Jake does. College football right now, I love the sport. Hate what's going on with the suits and the people that are the decision makers. So, Mo, you got your thing that will get you to go off. Jeff, I got mine. All right, we'll talk. We'll try to touch on all that, and I'll, <laughs> I'll try to. I'll try to keep you guys reeled in. Um, th- you know, this really worked out well tonight, and uh, we're, we're going to have a lot of fun. But so, I'll, I'll, let me uh, let me add this to our stream. If you're not uh, if you're not watching, if you're listening, I'm putting my uh, uh, Big Ten. My my personal Jeff Needs Sports 20, 2021 Big Ten rankings up here, um, you know, to kind of get things started. I got a high state one, Wisconsin two, then I got Iowa, then I got Penn State four, then I got Indiana five. I know that ruffles some feathers around the country. Uh, I got Michigan up at six. I took some heat for that. Northwestern seven, Minnesota eight, then we got Michigan State. Purdue, Rutgers, Nebraska, and Maryland. I've got Illinois last, which um, believe uh, actually that um, surprised some people. But you know, somebody's got to be last. Oops, sorry guys. It's the uh, it's the Big Ten, so whatever. So anyway, I'll put it back up there. So we're going to start the conversation um, with this gentleman. Uh, if everybody can agree, Ohio State is the clear favorite in the Big Ten. They're coming off a national championship showing. They're coming off a great playoff showing. They've won the Big Ten. I don't know what it's up to now. I think it's, I believe it was four in a row. Jay obviously knows the numbers. Maybe it's more, you know, so uh, there, there, there's no reason, you know, I do a Buckeye podcast. Jay does a the Buckeye podcast. I don't think there's any reason for us to sit here and debate who's the number one team in the Big Ten. Um, the, the, we got plenty of shows this year to talk about how yeah. how much we love Ohio State. I'm just being honest. So my first question was to everybody, 
is there another actual college football championship contender in the Big Ten this season? Uh, Mo Murphy. Anyone? Uh, no. Like to be honest, no. I don't. Not a championship. Like I, if it's not Ohio State, I ultimately probably don't see a Big Ten team making the playoff. I mean, the precedent is they they would have to be undefeated. Uh, no Big Ten team is getting the benefit of the doubt. I think the only team outside of Ohio State to make it was what Michigan State. Did, did Michigan State even go to a play? Then they go to a playoff. Yeah, they went to the year playoffs. after we yeah. they went to a playoff and got mm-hmm. absolutely slaughtered. So they'll end up getting like that Notre Dame treatment, even though Notre Dame's a little bit better. But you know the argument Notre Dame should never deserve another spot unless they join a conference. You know uh, conversation, but. To me, I mean, I agree with you that Wisconsin will be the second best team in the Big Ten. At least I expect them to. And you got to look at they're on the opposite side. So if there was a realistic team that would play us in the Big Ten championship, it would be Wisconsin. And I, I don't see Wisconsin being a, a national powerhouse to where they could compete for a championship. I don't. I've never seen them in that light. To me, their offense just isn't. They can't compete on that level. Maybe they can upset Ohio State because of that rivalry, because of the conference, and you see each other year in, year out. But like, if I look at Wisconsin's team right now, their offensive line is about the only, and maybe their linebackers are probably the only roster positions on Wisconsin that will hold their weight on a national level against Alabama, against Clemson, and really even against Ohio State. I don't trust their offense. It's very stagnant. It's always been running pe- Running back dependent, and when you find a defense that can stop the run game, Wisconsin ultimately cannot score. They, you know, I know they're high on their quarterback coming into this year. I understand that, but he had what a really good showing. Caught COVID, comes back, played horrible. That was kind of the 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 story of him last year. Played great. Oh my God, Wisconsin finally has a quarterback. Their offense is going to be rolling. Caught COVID, took a break, comes back. He plays horrible. Now we're up in the air and we're hoping that the first game of the season that we saw him play was the showing of what he's going to look like all year. So, I mean, I guess my next bet, I would even bet Penn State will probably have a better chance just the way they're built. I would say they have a better chance of competing on the national stage than Wisconsin because Penn State is typically built to me, a little bit better than Wisconsin when we match them up against those teams outside of the Big Ten. But even still, I think there's there's so much pressure, uh, you know, with the Nittany Lions. I, I essentially think their coach, you know, might be coaching for their job. I'm sure we'll touch into that. Yeah, we might but touch on that. That's a lot of pressure coming out of Penn State. And then, I mean, do we really see – Hardball getting the job done yet? Like I, I don't. And when well, have we and that's had a like, take Iowa serious? Obviously, you know, going by my rankings, right before we get to Jay, like I got Wisconsin second, which means I actually do think that their quarterback is legit. I think that I think he looks like the real deal. He, you know, he's coming back in his second year. That last season was a mess in the Big Ten. You know, every team you know fought through it, and uh, you know he's not the only player that we saw you know, have to take time off and come back and struggle and all these things. I really do think he's a real deal. But I also agree with the fact that can I see, you know, can I say I see Wisconsin versus, you know, we'll just say Georgia in the championship game. I do struggle with that, which I guess why I bring this up is the whole thing about where do I think the Big Ten is in the overall landscape of things. So that's kind of kind of how I feel on it. Like, even my second best team in the Big Ten, I don't think can compete for a national championship, which I don't know what what I I don't know what that tells me about the conference. So Jay Stevens, uh, 
Any other contenders in the the Big Ten? No. No, um, I was looking at this and thinking about those for a while. Your honesty, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> if, you're, if you're thinking about how college football, you need to have an elite quarterback to simply make the playoff. You do. Or be elite in another area. Michigan State, I forget who their quarterback was. They were elite in other areas, not so much the quarterback position. Outside of Connor Cook, I can't think of another really, really good. Well, Connor, it wasn't really, really it good. It was Connor but, Cook. Uh, oh, so he was. Okay, so outside of him, I can't think of another Michigan State quarterback that would be that type of caliber of guy to be able to go to the playoff. Graham Mertz, I expect better play from him this year than last year. Uh, you mentioned Penn State, Sean Clifford. I don't trust Sean Clifford at all. That's, that's um, what I'm saying. I, I, if you tell me, like, here's, here's what I'm saying. If you tell me it's going to be, you know, Alabama versus Clifford, I just I, – I, I, I have a real strong problem with that, hearing that. No, yeah, yeah, I, I do. And then you have Iowa – I don't think Iowa's brand of football, Wisconsin's brand of football, is really good enough to beat with the elite of the elite. Remember Jeff and Mo? You remember the was it oh seven whatever back to back national championships Ohio State had with Trestle when they got mollywopped by Florida? The team speed from Florida was completely different than the team speed of Ohio State. And I think that when you have an Iowa, when you have a Wisconsin, and even sometimes a Penn State, their team speed overall is not the team speed of an Ohio State, not the team speed of your Clemson, your uh, Oklahoma, um, your Alabama, uh, your Georgia, who I think Georgia is going to actually surprise some people. As I get closer to the season, I'm getting a whole lot more hype on Georgia and what they could be. If you go to the Big, if you go to the Big Ten East, that's it. Penn State, maybe. I don't think Indiana can do it. I don't. I don't trust Michael Penix. I don't think. Of course, Michigan's not going to do it. They just, they just don't have the well, quarterbacks. Okay. They don't have the guys. Let's have this conversation, Jay. You're, you know, a lot of people don't know. You're one of the best. They're one of not only the one of the biggest high state fans. I know you're one of the best. Obviously, when we said it, you host a daily show about the team, but you also live in Indiana country. Mm-hmm. And I said that earlier. I wish I could have seen Michael Penix finish last season. So let's dig into that a little bit. Everybody's telling me in they're projecting Indiana is just going to take that next step. And I think I'm under the mindset that, no, they had a a really good season lightning in a bottle situation. I don't think they're bad. When my rankings come out in a couple of weeks, like I don't think they're bad. I've got them. But I do have them fifth in the Big Ten. What is it about Penix that you don't believe in? Because I'd like to dig, get, to peel that back a little bit. His accuracy. Um, I don't think he's as accurate as what people believe. He's very athletic. He can move. Him being a lefty aids him because – you don't go against left, left-handed left quarterbacks. It's very similar to Michael. Michael Vick was a better quarterback because he was left-handed. I'm not, I, I will not go, I will go out and say if Michael Vick was a right-handed quarterback, he would have been crazy good. But it's so much harder to guard a guy or to defend a guy left-handed because you don't see that every day. Michael Penning Jr., left-handed, I think his accuracy needs to drastically improve. You have elite wide receivers on the outside. There is no reason for you to not be more accurate of a passer. And I do think that that's part of the reason why, me personally, I don't trust the Indiana Hoosiers. You mentioned Jeff, your rankings coming out soon. I have no problem. Like, let's just say that Indiana goes eight and four again. They're bowl eligible, probably getting a bowl game latter part of December. That's not a bad year. Like eight and four, nine and three. That's not a bad year. But for some reason, people had this whole mindset, this notion that if you're not a ten plus win season, a double digit win uh, season, you had a bad year. Think about what Indiana used to be. Think about yeah. what they've been over the past three to four to five years. Eight and four for Indiana isn't bad, but it's also you're not competing with the elite of the elite just yet. They have elite guys on defense. 
but they just they just, they just need more consistency over and over and over and it's, to kind of overcome what Penix is as a quarterback. And it's depth too, but yep, I, and, yep. but I think a lot of us are being told that Indiana is that good. Um, so, and that's one of these things. It's like I'm I'm not being a hater. I've just seen it, and I've you know I've went through. It. It's like it's depth, it's team speed, it's it's freak athletes at certain positions. Like you, you have to have a few um, and no argument that Ohio state struggled with that very same thing for a long time. Like, Oh, they're really good, but we just couldn't get over the hump. And you know, that's just, you know, that's a, that's a fair assessment, but it's funny. Cause I just, you know, I kind of agree with you. I mean, you know, I, I have Iowa third because they're bringing back depth. They're bringing back experience. And that's third in the Big Ten, just because I know that they can. I think they can tough out those. They had a really couple really bad losses last year. They they were a really solid team. I think the last. It's so weird to say four to five weeks. It was only like a seven week season um, in twenty twenty. So, hey Jeff, you know, I got I, a question for you, real quick. Yes. Do you think if Wisconsin and Iowa switch it to a spread, not so much the old school variety where having a fullback, but if they switch to more of your um, one back, three wide receiver sets, mm-hmm. more traditional today style of offense, do you think that's what's needed to take them to the next step? Absolutely. I, I think that I think they've they've um, clung on to the you know the the pro style offense for too long, especially Wisconsin because they've they've done a really good job recruiting. And if nothing else, they could find that blend. You know what I mean? Like Ohio mm-hmm. State did it, you know, during the early, you know, urban years. Like they were spread, but they were a run heavy team. Like you could still kind of impose your will. And they lean into that as in Iowa definitely because the what you have to have now in modern football is you have to be able to catch up. You know what I mean? I watched a game the other day. Uh, it was on ESPN Classic. You guys remember this? Ohio State won one of the biggest football games of the year, ten to six, and they won the national championship that year. And me and my wife were watching the game. It was it was the Purdue game, the the um, the Hail Buckeye, the Holy Buckeye game, and uh, it, they won it ten to six on on the on a game winning touchdown at, with fourth and one. And I looked up and I said, last year's Buckeyes team would have beat them by thirty. And I mean it. And that was a, one of the best teams we've ever seen, but it was just the style of offense and everything. You have to be able to have that comeback. Uh, you, especially against the, you know, a jugger, like Ohio State puts up for what, two years under Ryan Day. I think they average like 45 points a game. So I'm not saying that Ohio State can't be beat, but I'm saying that you have to be able to come back from 21 down to beat them. Sometimes, mm-hmm. and I just don't know if Iowa and Wisconsin are built that way yet. I I saw, I think Jay, I think you were there the Wisconsin Big Ten championship game a couple years ago, and you know, High State looked awful for a half, but the difference was they could score so quick, and they did. They scored like twenty one answered points, won the Big Ten championship, and Wisconsin couldn't bury them. They just could not put them away because they just every when everything is you know. Based on a, a breakaway running back runs and time possession, the time possession ball game just out the window. It's not. It's just not a thing anymore. So yes, I, I think they do, and I hate to be that guy, but it, it's it's just the truth. Alabama did it. Alabama mm-hmm. switched their offense to keep mm-hmm. up with teams, and they've got all the talent in the world. So there's no way that you can tell me that Iowa <laughs> should stick with what they've done for all these years. So so Mo, let's. I'll go to you real quick um, before we go to the next subject. What do you? How do you feel about? We're being told Indiana's really good. Um, they're ranked for the. They're ranked in the top twenty-five for the first time in preseason for like first time since like sixty-eight or something like that. You know, 
you know, there's you got the Minnesota that's out there. Uh, a couple years ago, they were the darlings of college football. Played played really well, you know, no doubt. We got you got them floating around out there. Uh, of course, Penn State every year. Like, what do you feel about this other group of teams? And like, are, can they take the next step, or is it just like we need to find a narrative that s- somebody can match up against Ohio State? <sighs> it's can- can we stop thinking anybody in the Big Ten can really hang with Ohio State? Can we even stop acting like they're even remotely close? But like, here's the thing, though, it's not you guys. It's no, no, not you guys. It's, here's the thing, though. But we, but I think we would all say here that they're that also Ohio State's beatable. That that's the problem with this. Like over the next ten years, do I think Ohio State's going to go undefeated? No. Do I think, but but I can't find the game that they'll lose. I just want to put that out there. That like it sounds like I'm saying they can't be beat. I know they can, right? But, but I mean, everybody's beatable. Bama could lose to Auburn in the Iron Bowl. We like saw Bama lose to Ole Miss two years in a row. Jay's, but that's what I'm saying. Favorite. Like I mean, Clemson could you know lose to Miami this year. But it, it doesn't change the fact that for the next seven years. It, from the previous five in the next seven, Clemson's going to run this conference. Somebody has to come along and stop a rain for a year, a pause, put a pause on a streak. But everybody's holding weight on the Big Ten about last year. In a COVID year, a year that we didn't even know whether we were going to play, a lot of players didn't have an offseason, a, a training camp to get ready. Rookies were coming out there gung-ho, just playing football, trying to figure out a system. And we're looking at Justin Fields, two two of his worst games were played last year. And we're holding the stakes that like that he won. That is, and they won those games in the worst. If 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 uh Indiana's quarterback Penix played like that, we beat them by 60. Like there's no chance he could play like Justin Fields and think if if the Northwestern quarterback played like that, we beat them by 50. Like there's not even it's it takes our worst games for teams to think they have a chance. And coming in this year, oh, well, we, we're the team that doesn't have a returning quarterback. Minnesota has, uh, what's his name, Tanner Morgan. Mm-hmm. Uh, Penn State has Sean Clifford. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Wisconsin has Graham Mertz. You know, um, I, I don't, I'm not sure who Iowa's quarterback is. They got a returning quarterback too, uh, though. Spencer Petrus. I forget his. Yes. Yeah, there you go. So everybody has a returning quarterback but Ohio State. We're the only one with a question. So now it's like, oh, the rest of the division, they're going to have a chance because we don't know how good C.J. Stroud is. We don't know how good Jack Miller is. And we don't know if Quinn Ewers, you know, we're, we have no idea. We don't know if Quinn Ewers is going to come in and start week one. If he does, it's a whole problem on the season, but that's for another day. What I'm saying is there's this unknown with Ohio State. And then they're even like, you know, like well, Jay has said it, the linebacker court. Like, okay, we're we're concerned about our linebackers. What? All four of our starters are gone to the NFL draft from last year. They were goodness. all seniors. I'm but I'm sorry, but thank goodness. Even our even our secondary. Like, I know what the questions come, but it's still like when you look at that Ohio State team, top to bottom, they are more talented than ninety eight point two percent of the country. But it's just we have to get excited for Big Ten football by thinking there's a team that can hold on to Ohio State. But and it, that, it's not about their best game. It's going to take Ohio State's worst game to lose. That's why you could see them being beatable, but you'd be predict, projecting who's going to play their best and get Ohio State's worst I, in the same night. And that's, that's unpredictable. Great, that's Purdue beat point. us. That's a great point, Mo. When you look down the schedule, like I'm not saying they can't lose, but there's no way I can figure out when. 
I think Ohio State is going to be like 10 point favorites in every single game this year. At oh, least yeah. 10 point Literally every game. And then look at Oregon. The, you got Tulsa. Maybe, maybe not Oregon. What about Oregon? Uh, probably. Who's Oregon? Probably. I mean, I mean, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm just asking. I got Oregon's defense is supposed to be top notch. Uh, give me a second, Jeff. I got to pull something up really quick. I could give you an answer. Their defense uh, is supposed to be top notch, but their offense still is like, uh, we don't know what here, we're getting out of Oregon. But this is where we've come, and this, you know, this has happened for years. It's like if you lose, and, and Georgia suffers from this. When we did the SEC, we talked about Georgia suffers from this. They have great season after great season, but they're judged on well, you didn't, you know, win the national championship or you didn't beat Bama or whatever. I mean, that's I think that's where Ohio State's at. That's why I said with this show, it's like there was no reason to ask who you think is going to win the Big Ten. There's nobody in this country thinks that anybody else is winning the Big Ten because you know it's it's just it would be ridiculous. Go ahead, Jay. I got some uh, early betting lines from uh, VSIN Vegas Sports and Information Network. There's only two seat like Ohio State's only single point favorites or single digit favorites in two games. They're minus nine against Indiana, minus nine and a half against Michigan. Uh, Oregon right now they're minus twelve and a half, twelve and a half point favorites. Well, um, so they've got. See, they, Michigan being a closer game. I don't, I don't than want to Oregon. do a betting show, but they've got Michigan be- basically better than Oregon. I know with weather and all, that's pretty amazing. Yeah, and then the largest one there. Well, there's two at 24, 24 point favorites: Rutgers and then Tulsa. But the biggest one of them all, forty five and a half point favorites against Akron, which is a molly. Like it's going to be a bad. Yeah, but, that's a rough. That's a rough. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's yeah, but yeah. So I, I'm it's a rough line to bet. I'm, I'm amazed. I'm amazed by that too, somewhat because it's Michigan. They're expected, like the expectation is, we're expecting Michigan defense to be better. That's the expectation. You don't know what's going to happen until game number one. Just like yeah. with Alabama going to the SEC, I heard somebody talk about Bill O'Brien recently. You don't know what Bill O'Brien's offense is going to look like at Alabama until week one. Granted, he has NFL experience. He has the most success at someone said most success at Penn State since Joe Pop was go- let go. Okay, cool. I, I don't know if that. I, I don't know if I, I'm not going to go that far. Okay, that's. I'm not gonna, I, I don't care. But Bill O'Brien, I don't know what his offense is going to look like. It's like I don't know what Michigan's defense will look like until game number one. So it's all, all these different details. But yeah, man, those are only early betting lines. I'm sure once you get down into the season, those things will change drastically. But yeah, uh, twelve and a half point favorites against Oregon. Outside of Kayvon Thibodeau, uh, they have questions at quarterback as well. So questions, yeah. It is well, what here's it is. The, here's the thing about new quarterbacks coming in. I, I do understand the question marks, but like when you're really, really good programs, if you're lucky, you know, you get Trevor Lawrence, you know, for three years. We were lucky to have Fields start for two years. Alabama switches quarterbacks every year. LSU switches quarterbacks every year. Like that's college football. If you have a quarterback start more than two years, he's probably not that good. I'm sure Texas isn't glad that they had the, uh, you know, Ellinger run. You know what I mean? I'm just being honest. Like, you want a guy to be able to go pro like the day he gets there. Um, so there's all these great teams are always going to have quarterback questions going into the next year. Um, you know, th- hey, that's Jeff, what you I would know, say. I know, you know, you mentioned something, and Mo, you might want to hop on, in on this as well. I've had Ryan Roberts on my show on shows that I've done for numerous times. As an NFL draft analyst, he always talks about how one year of tape is not enough. It's limited. It's a limited sample size for projecting you to the NFL. I know we got this trend where one year you show us a lot. If you're draft eligible, you're gone. But a lot of these draft analysts, I believe, want you to play two years because the projections after one, 
don't really hold much weight because they're just they're it's kind of like Zach Harrison. We're expecting things from Zach Harrison, but we've seen him play for a while, so we know exactly what kind of player he is. We're just hoping this year is the best. If he only had one year of Zach Harrison, then he went to the NFL and we're analyzing him as a player. It's a little dicey, a little hard to do so. And I think that the fan says, oh, one year and you're gone. But the analyst says, the draft analyst says, nah, buddy, we want you there for at least two to, to get better, more game film. So the teams in the NFL know exactly what they will see from you when you get when you get there in the fall. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think that's, you know, I think that's the best case scenario for a team, um, especially with football. We talked about it the other night. Um, you know, one year is just that that's that's enough time for them to game plan against mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. But it's it's not enough for it's not enough for somebody to hire you. Uh, yeah. That, yeah. That, that is a tough decision. But and in college football, I mean, the careers are just going to get shorter and shorter. I mean, everything is just it's it's no different than college basketball just went that way. Um, you know, we don't even we don't even think about three year players in college basketball anymore. Um, you know, one really. year is good. Two years is amazing. Three years. We think they're old. Like, I don't know if college football is going to get that extreme. You know, I don't know how long it's going to take to get to that level. I don't think they'll allow these. I think because it's a different game physically. I think they'll keep it at three years removed from high school just because it's a different game physically. And I mean, you know, an 18-year-old running back who five-star, you know, we've seen those guys come in college and struggle. They're not ready to take a hit by Von Miller, you know, in his prime at 18. Like, you just – because high school, you don't have the training to prepare for that. So you learn – a little bit more of that in college, but then you even find out like these college players that go to the NFL and they'd be like, man, it's different. The higher level you get, it's even more intense than I thought it was. Like practice is the same intensity as game days on college football. So I don't see an 18 year old kid coming fresh out of high school with, he was, you know, God given talent handed everything. I mean, when you're a five-star athlete, you're handed everything as far as like, you know, you probably practice as hard as you want to when you want to. As long as you show up at your best on Friday night, nobody really cares. Your your grace, your presence is gracious everywhere you walk. So it's like, you know, to go to the NFL, like I just don't think if they ever do that, it'll be bad for the sport because I just don't think 18-year-olds, it's not about I don't, money. I don't, I don't it's think. just I don't think their bodies, I don't think they're physically ready because they but. unless high school starts becoming more intense, and then you're still talking about breaking these kids early because 16-year-old kids aren't ready for that intensity to get them, you know, that they're not ready for that college-level intensity at 15, 16 years old. Like, your body's just science will tell you you're just not ready for that. So I think they do with getting paid and, and guys are ready to go pro a little bit sooner. Like, I think the NFL or the NCAA or NFL, whoever really controls it, they, the NFL ultimately, they have to be careful at what kind of product they want on the field. Because if you do open that one and done gate, which is, you know, some people would agree that that should happen. If you do do that, the longevity of people's careers and the likeliness of stars remaining stars probably really goes out the window. Like a guy like Quint Ewers plays one year or sits out this year and goes pro. And and now all of a sudden, like, yeah, I just don't see that aspect changing in football. Well, like, no, it but- can't. And that touches on Jay's point that the, the NFL they they literally want those two years to see a player play. They yeah. they, they want to they would I tell you what the NFL wants to see 
Ewers play this year in any any way, shape, or form, just so they can start getting their eyeballs on him. Then next year, decide how good he's going to be, and then figure out you know what they're going to do. Um, but that I even the, think. I mean, you see the court, just to hit on Jay's point, as far as the two years of film, basically, ideally, and this is how it's been for Clemson, Oklahoma, Ohio State, and realistically, Bama, is you want your quarterback, your five-star recruit, four-star recruit quarterback coming in his freshman year, not playing. Practically a redshirt year to take over as the starter your sophomore and junior year, and they're grooming quarterbacks that way. Like Trevor Lawrence was not supposed to play his freshman year. He was supposed to take over for Kelly Bryant after that season. Kelly Bryant played absolutely horrible. Trevor Lawrence comes in, they win the national championship. The rest is history kind of thing with Trevor Lawrence. But he essentially was not planned on playing that year. You sit your freshman year, your sophomore, junior year is kind of when you take over. Justin Fields wasn't – he was a transfer, but it was the same way – Comes in sophomore, junior year. We're getting, we got CJ Stroud and Jack Miller. We knew neither one of them were going to play last year. Boom, we're going to get them. And then now we're going like quarterback crazy. We get Kyle McCord in case like Stroud and, and Miller don't work out. Then we have that bridge and then boom, we land Ewers. And it's like, okay, well, McCord, if anything is that bridge or we just have a bad year at quarterback, well, we have I, to figure I mean, out. From, from what I'm hearing, I mean, Jay knows better than me. I mean, as far as, what their lane is, McCord's number two at this point. Yeah, I mean that's everything I'm hearing. Uh, yeah, it he sounds, sounds like sounds like Stroud, sounds like he's had Stroud's number real, one. Yeah, it sounds like so we know that like McCord's McCord, number two, and we don't really like McCord and Stroud have had a really good camp, which is all. Jack Miller's gone. Like I said, McCord might be gone though. I, honestly, we talked honestly, about this. I think McCord I think, would be the one that would go. I, I think McCord I and Miller. Jeff. I think McCord could – he has a red shirt. He's a true freshman. So I think McCord could red shirt. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I forgot McCord's a true yeah. freshman. Somebody that's how good he is, bro. That's how, that's how, he's a true freshman. And, and I, right. I, I could see McCord staying, red shirting this year, even if yours plays or Miller plays backup position. It doesn't really matter to me. I think McCord comes in next year. He's automatically the backup quarterback because yeah. he's literally that, he's that good. I mean, yeah. he's But does he stay – does he stay? Because here's the thing. What messed everything up, essentially, is the fact that Ewers comes now. Does he stay? If C.J. Stroud gets the starting spot, you would assume he's probably not going to steal it from M- – McCord probably not going to steal it from Stroud. It's probably his spot for the next two years. Yeah. But the only quarterback I would assume that has a chance would be Ewers after this season. He could have came in as a freshman. Now he gets to be there. I, I Do you know, see though. McCord staying there as a backup when he could transfer? I mean, yeah, since he is yeah, that good, he can yeah. he can go. Well, He's going to get first year eligibility. There's going to be a, a really good t- school that just lost their quarterback, and he could go just like Jack Miller. I said, you know, when CJ Stroud and Jack Miller committed together, I was like, the loser of that quarterback, uh, uh, you know, duel after Justin Fields goes, I think it's gone. We we already started seeing it with receivers. I told both of y'all a while ago. I was like, look at how loaded we are at receiver. Guys are going to start leaving. In the first, like, two chips fell, but I'm like, we're too loaded at one position with guys too close in years for all of them to stay. Like, Kyle McCord, if C.J. Stroud is the starter and McCord is, like, the the solid backup, he's not staying at Ohio State until, what, think, his last I, year? I'm not convinced, and and I'll stand by this until after next spring. I'm, I may be crazy. I, I'm not convinced that yours is the one that's staying. I still, like, I've, I've – I've texted all you guys about this. I've said it. I don't think it, I don't, yes. I don't, I'm not even saying it as a negative or anything bad that he's the player that I think 
has a better chance of being on another team next year than any of the other ones. Um, I just I, that's just my theory on how this is going to play out. I hope that I'm right because that means that Stroud's awesome. Yeah. I don't. I hope we're not sitting here next year like okay that things went wrong. Like it took. I, I don't want to be in that position. So I got. I, I got a. I got a lot of stock in CJ Stroud right now, and everything I hear is he's good. And so I mean, McCord. I heard to. McCord's playing really well too. Um, I honestly think. <laughs> I don't, and I know everybody's like, "Oh, you were this and you were that." Stroud was the same kid coming out. If 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 we postpone things a year, we're talking about Stroud's making money. Stroud has decisions to make. Like, I think the NIL thing really put us kind of skewed this of. Ewers isn't Peyton Manning coming out of high school. Like, he's really good and he's the highest rated, but he's not. Can't miss. I don't, he's not as he's just not as can't miss as I've ever seen, and and Stroud was at that same level a couple of years ago. So there's three, Jack Miller was too. Yeah, th- there's three guys in this recruiting class now that I think are the top, but I think there's a hierarchy in them. You got JT Tuomalowau, you got Jack Sawyer, and you got Quinn Ewers. My eyes tell me that JTT and Jack Sawyer quickly got acclimated and quickly turned heads in practice. Yeah, I don't think Quinn Ewers will do that. I think Quinn Ewers as a quarterback, he is a developmental guy. I think he has to work on his mechanics, work yeah, he's on his throwing motion. <laughs> exactly. Yes. And Essentially, he gets a free year to work, but he is a senior in high school, so I don't expect so, him to wow us, you know, I, you know, I, day I, one. I think that him coming in early, yeah, it's all for the money, whoop to do whatever, go get your money, great, go, go get it. But I still don't, I don't think he is the – even though he's rated high, Jeff, I don't care about the star ratings at all. I don't care about the 247. They help me for talking points. Not going to lie to you. They're great for talking points. But I, I, I don't care about that nonsense because to mm-hmm. me, show me what my eyeballs tell me. My eyeballs tell me that Quinn Ewers is a project. My eyeballs tell me that Jay Stevens still wants Arch Manning at Ohio State over Quinn Ewers, and I will say that every single day. Doubt it's going to happen. But I still want Arch Manning. I think Arch Manning is a better polished quarterback right now than Quinn Ewers. It's just Quinn Ewers is in Texas. Um, Quinn Ewers is all this all he reclassified. Everyone's watching him. Y'all better watch Arch Manning his junior year. He's going to go off. He's going to kill some people. He has a mullet. That's that's the <laughs> that's I, Quinn that's Ewers it. has a mullet. And I love I, I, this, Don't this, get this me. Quick, I'm not. I'm not going to. I'm not going to go down this road because I pro, like. I, <laughs> okay. I, well, I'm not rude to athletes. My bet. But he's I, a, he's got a mullet. Yeah. Like, I'm not. That's, I'm, that's I'm not, is. And once again, he's like he has a mullet. I, and I just want to, I just, I don't see like huge flaws. I don't see like red flags, but I also, I'm totally with Jay. I also don't, nothing jumps off at me. Like he looks no. like a uh-uh. lot of course, like, you know, like some of these guys, like Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, like some of these guys, I'm like, oh, that that's different. I, I don't see that. I think I agree with Jay on this. He follows it, watches it. He's probably – I know he's tired of talking about this. We're going to move on. Um, this quickly became an Ohio State podcast, Ohio but, State show. Hey, <laughs> we said it would. But they run it's the, the Big, Big Ten. Ten. And if anybody, and if anybody thinks that we're crazy, they run the Big Ten, and they, they are a – one of the biggest brands in the entire world. So we're not, we're not sitting there having the, um, you know, Nebraska Cornhuskers podcast here. Like there's a reason that Ohio State. So I'm going to put my um, rankings back up there and uh, we'll go over this. We, uh, I think that's exactly the amount of time that Ohio State deserved. I feel really good about that. (laughs) I'm so ready. By the way, if anybody's listened to this, there, there will be a, um, there, there's some special podcasts coming up. Like, Maybe a 2002 uh, rewatch of the uh, 2002 High State versus Miami Fiesta Bowl game. So if anybody's listening to this and they're like, oh, this is fun, like we, we might have some stuff in the works. Anyway, so 
Another question I asked, we don't have to, we've kind of already went over some of the teams. How many of these teams at the end of the year in the Big Ten can be top, just top 25 teams? Um, Cause that's how they kind of, and I just want to put this out there. I'll, every, anybody that knows me, I'm not a Big Ten conference guy. I don't care. I'm not a fan of basically every one of these teams because of obvious reasons. But how many of these teams do you think can honestly finish the season in the top 25? I'm kind of trying to get a gauge of where this conference is right now. Mm. I say four. So who do you got, Mo? Uh, so Ohio State. I, well, of course, Ohio State, Wisconsin, <sighs> um, Penn State, and I go Iowa because, like, mm-hmm. I look at you. Well, you have to look at really. I'd have to know everybody's schedule. Like, I know who Ohio State plays this year, but I would have to know out of these top six teams. Uh, in the rankings, that who do they play and Indiana's, win? Indiana's biggest game, I believe, is Cincinnati. Outside of outside Indiana, of, plays outside, Ohio State. Outside of the Big Ten, outside of the Big Ten. Um, but Iowa even still, Iowa, like, Iowa has Iowa State, which is a huge opportunity for Iowa, which is why I have them ranked so high in both my rankings. Because whoever wins at the, what are the, I think they got several names for it, but the uh, the Iowa Iowa State game, whoever wins that, whatever team comes out of that's got some. You know, got some real momentum. So I, especially since Iowa State is supposed to be kind of big time yeah. in the Big Twelve this Penn, year. Penn like State, Wisconsin to give. play. What is it, Jay? Week one or week two? They play really, really early. I think it's like week four. You say who is that, Jeff? Penn State, Penn State Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Don't they play early, like um, Penn State week one. Yeah, that's what I thought. And then Penn State plays <laughs> Auburn. I believe. Yes, it's week Penn State three. has Auburn. Yeah. So Penn State can start. To See, season. so. They beat Wisconsin at 0-2. Like, that's a launching pad. Or they, they could, could start the season 0-2, or they could start the season where, like, Penn State, if, if they start 2-0, you're going to – and Ohio State's 2-0, you know, beats Minnesota, beats Oregon. You're already going to hear the chirping. That That's going to be a top seven matchup. Oh, if yeah. Penn State starts 2-0 and Ohio State obviously starts 2-0. Let's do this real quick. That's the top seven matchup when Ohio State plays Penn State, and that's oh. another factor for me. Ohio State plays Penn State. So, yeah. like, uh, potentially that's a loss. Like, really, but you see three potential losses. You can, you can have – well, yeah, but three? If they, if they lose all Do you have th- – like, you know what I mean? Like, they have they potentially have three. They're, they're in a – they could lose two games. Like, they could lose to Ohio State and Auburn and beat Wisconsin and be ranked – uh, at the end of the season, but I mean, potentially that could be Penn State automatic. Like all, they'd be twenty four or twenty five with three a losses. Three, a three loss Penn State team. They're still they're still top twenty five. They I'll could get, be they'll they'll be ranked, but I'll it'd get, be I'll get Jay's nominees, and then I want to talk a little bit about the Penn State Auburn game because I think that's one of the biggest games in college football history. So Jay, how many of these teams you think top twenty five when, when the season's over? I want to say five. I also want to say four. <laughs> I'm gonna go with five. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with five, which means you have somebody at 25. <laughs> uh, Ohio State's going to get there. Wisconsin's going to get there. Iowa's going to get there. I think their brand recognition with the AP voters, they're going to. I mean, they're probably going to be, be nine win teams. That's top 25 caliber. Yeah. Um, I want to say Indiana, and I'm up in the air. So that's four. I'm up in the air between Penn State and Penn State. I want to say Penn State. I know, I'm almost said Northwestern, but I don't think North, Northwestern's quarterback is going to be good enough. Um, I don't think Michigan's going to be in the top 25. I think this is possibly, for certain reasons, we may get to this later on. 
uh, possibly could be the last year for Jim Harbaugh. Um, may even discuss, Jeff, if there's a way for him to not make it to the Ohio State game. Um, I just don't. Okay, I just don't. I, I, I'm not high on him. I'm going to go with the top five here on your ranking, Ohio State, Iowa, Penn oh, State, Indiana, and Ohio, in Wisconsin. Um, just for the way that it is right now on my screen, and I can't get my mind wrapped around Michigan being top 25, Northwestern being top 25. Minnesota could. Yeah, Minnesota. I, I mean, Minnesota could. So it could easily be six. But I don't. I I try. It's really kind of be kind of weird to me. Tana Morgan and, Tra- and not Trace McSorley. He's gone. And Sean Clifford, <laughs> same dude. It's the same. Kind of, they're dude, the same bro. guy, man. I mean, like they're inconsistent. Uh, you take Rashad Bateman away from Minnesota. Tana Morgan's not that good of a quarterback. You saw guys. it. You saw I, it last year. I think Minnesota like, takes a step back. So, yeah, real quick, I want to. I'll point out a couple things here that I want to. We'll, we'll let's preview the Penn State Auburn game first of all. I'll say what also this sets up. <laughs> This is with the with the Auburn game scheduled at Penn State, and then you got Wisconsin has Notre Dame. The, uh, the Big Ten is set up to have five really good teams. If Indiana is as good as people have been saying for three hundred days, if Penn State beat knocks off Auburn, an SEC team, and you know, and, and they're playing great. Um, we think Iowa's good. What if Iowa beats Iowa State? I think Iowa State, I believe, in the AP poll was seven. or They're in the top ten right now. So that's a top mm-hmm. ten. All these teams have top ten victories. Because right now, Notre Dame's in the top ten in the AP poll. I, that's a different conversation. I probably won't do a Notre Dame show, but I'm just saying I don't know if I believe that. doesn't matter. That's the number that's going to be on there. Uh, Wisconsin gets a shot at them. So the, the top half of um, – the Big Ten has a chance to make some serious noise. So I will say that. It's, there's probably Big Ten fans listening like, I hate all of you guys. And I don't know. I don't understand why you're disrespecting uh, Nebraska, but I just don't have a lot to go. But I'm just saying, it, it <laughs> is. There's, they don't, none of them have tough schedules, but they all have signature wins. And then, of course, they all have Ohio State to take a shot at, which is huge. So, like Penn State, for instance, like they have a shot at Auburn, they have a shot at Ohio State, Wisconsin has Notre Dame and Ohio State, Iowa has Iowa State, um, eventually Ohio State. So there is the chance. I'm with you guys. I think I think it's going to be obviously my top four. I I don't think Indiana squeaks in, but I don't even necessarily think that they're going to be bad. But you can you can be a good team and go seven and five. I mean, those things so just j- happen sometimes. But what I will so say Jeff- too, when we look at the rankings, I don't think all these these. Um, non-Power 5 schools that they have up there, I don't think they're all going to stick to the rankings. So I think some spots are going to open up for teams like Ole Miss and you know Michigan, Indiana. Like I don't necessarily think that Coastal Carolina is going to stick in the top 25. I don't necessarily mm-hmm. think that Louisiana is going to stick in the top 25. So there's going to be some spots open up for these, these bigger conferences. So go ahead, Mo. So my, my only thing, so everything you said about – and obviously, it just has to re- revert back to Ohio State. It's only right. So, you, <laughs> Wisconsin, Iowa, Penn State, Indiana, they all have games outside of conference that could solidify themselves as, you know, plus that shot at Ohio State. Yes. So, let's say Wisconsin beats Notre Dame. Let's say Iowa beats Iowa State. Let's say Penn State beats Auburn. Let's say Indiana beats Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. And Ohio State takes turns just knocking all of those teams down like we would expect them. That 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 would speak to good thing on Ohio State's resume oh, for, for you know uh, uh, 
strength of schedule Mm -hmm. that we get knocked for if we don't go undefeated. But if those teams were to beat the the possibility of like, you know, top 10 teams or whatever, and then Ohio State takes just knocks Wisconsin down and the big closes it out of the Big Ten Championship, beats Iowa, beats Penn State in a showdown because it would be if Penn State gets through Mm -hmm. that undefeated or whatever, uh, beats Indiana after beating Cincinnati. Like now that speaks to like Ohio State strength of schedule I because like- you look at the teams, <laughs> but you're not looking at who they those teams beat. Okay. Now you have that argument and people will be like, oh, but the SEC so let, I go six say, so best team is the best. Quick. I well, hate that. That was masterful because I see what you're getting at here. And that that's how that works in the SEC. It will not work that way in the Big Ten. It, whoever, whoever, I, I I totally get you. Whoever high state beats, then it that becomes irrelevant. That's uh, that's the deal. But the deal also is that Ohio State doesn't have to. Like I will fully admit, they they play Oregon and then they play the Big Ten. That's their schedule this year. That's just plain and simple. They got to go undefeated, but they also have a they also have a a schedule that that we talked about. They're favored in every single game, so. I, t- I totally see what you're saying because if those if Penn State whoops Auburn and then say Ohio State beats Penn State that that game no longer mattered. I totally understand that. And it but when I, when when Alabama beats Auburn it's a bigger deal. I, I get it. But I will the strength say, of schedule. But it's I will also fully admit that Ohio State doesn't have to go into LSU and play. They don't have to play Georgia. They don't have to play Florida. Um yeah, I. But I'm just saying, like, I see both sides of the argument. But I, I like what you did there, and you're right. It will not matter. It will not matter. Wisconsin and beats Notre crazy. Dame, and we beat Wisconsin. Notre Dame's terrible. Like, I. But it's I crazy because I also think that argument is as far as like, well, they don't want no part of the SEC. Like, like, let's just go back here. This is before my time, probably before all our, conferences were created based on where you're located in the country. Ohio State cannot help that they are up in the Midwest along next to Michigan. Next, we cannot help that these are the names of the states. This is what they decided. Like, you can't say, well, Ohio State isn't playing LSU, Florida, and Alabama. Well, I'm sorry that the state of Ohio is not located dead in the middle where Alabama, Louisiana, and Florida are touching the outskirts of Ohio. Like, I hate that. Well, they should come join the SEC. Well, why, when you are the Ohio State, you run your conference. It's not even running from competition. It's Nobody runs from money. Nobody ever does that. There is not more money for the for Ohio State in the SEC than it is for mm-hmm. them individually in the Big mm-hmm. Ten. It's right. not. It's It makes sense for Texas. It makes sense for Oklahoma because those are the top two teams, I guess, in the Big 12 as far as name brand, and they'll still make more and money in the me, SEC. Ohio State you. leaves, they're making less money. It's a pay cut. Nobody me, runs for money and takes pay cuts. Let me tell you where it came from, Mo. It, it all come from one game. It was the it was the, the Florida game, the 2006 Florida National Championship game, and it's it's never going to stop. And then we and lost to LSU that's right just after. What that. it is that that is just. But in that LSU game, if you watch it, like we were, we we could compete in that game. We just didn't have the quarterback in that game. We didn't even. But just, the crazy like, thing is, neither of those teams should have we been in the 14, national championship. We were, up, we were up 14 nothing. Um, but neither of those teams had business in the national championship day. Remember, that was like what well, we did. But remember, like for LSU, that was that what, 2007 season where it's like they call it like the craziest yeah, season in college football. Yeah, and that was when all things had to happen for LSU to get there. 
Like LSU lucked up getting there and it's fair and they beat us, but it was like, that was like the craziest college football season literally of all time. Like there's a YouTube clip. But I will say this. I will say this crazy. When when we beat Alabama in, in 14, it, the, the SEC, like the Alabama fans felt the same way. They're like, it's, it's over. Like, I will admit that. Like I listened to a ton of like talk radio on it and talk to people. So they overreacted too. And it took years, and then you know they won last year. But it is there, there's a narrative there, and it the rest of the Big Ten. That's why I have a lot of animosity towards the Big Ten because they don't they don't hold their end of the bargain. Like Ohio State's holding up their end. Penn State to a certain point, their recruiting's gotten a ton better. Like Michigan's dropped the ball. Like all these other teams have dropped the ball, and like to raise the entire level of the Big Ten, even though they're one of the biggest money makers out there. So. Um, there is something to that. I mean, the the fact of the matter is, old Miss is be- old, old, old Miss is better than most Big Ten teams. Like, there, that's a real thing about the, the level <laughs> true. of the. It's it just it, it just is true. It just is. Yeah, exactly. Like right there, uh, Blue Bloods chimed in. I mean, Penn State is holding up their end of the deal. Like. They they really are, but these other these other teams aren't. But I don't believe Ole Miss comes into and and just to bring it because that was the argument. I don't believe Ole Miss comes in and is. I don't believe they're better than. Obviously I think Ohio Ole Miss State. is better than Michigan right now. I don't, which would put them at if they were better than but Michigan. That's about it. Though, on your rank is they're six. Michigan is a is quote unquote blue blood program. Blah 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 blah. <laughs> Old Miss could come in with Lane Kiffin and they're better than Michigan tomorrow. So like there is like if you know what I'm but saying. But the like, notion and the blue bloods are saying the notion that they would be number two or number three, like oh, it, totally here's agree. my only thing of looking I don't like I, I understand they're in the SEC, right? And and we we give these teams the benefit of the doubt. No, we're being Ole Miss does not want a conference championship since nineteen sixty. We're being specific to this old Miss okay. team. This old Miss team. But not, even still, like year. this, this old Miss team, old team is, I don't think so. Oh, I, I, I still don't think they come and be number two or number three. Like, I don't think they're better than Wisconsin. Goes, I think it goes back to the conversation we had earlier about the style of offense that Wisconsin exactly. and Iowa run. Ole Miss is coming in with, like, like southern speed. Wisconsin and Iowa can't touch that. They t- have no, speed. I totally agree. They have speed there, but they can't touch their speed. Matt Corral, he's an okay quarterback, not the best, an okay quarterback. He's going to come up to the Big Ten – He's going to struggle against Indiana because Indiana has a legit defense. But you put him against against Iowa, against Wisconsin, against Michigan, against Michigan State, against Penn State, uh, against Minnesota. They're going to beat a lot of teams in the Big Ten based off their team speed and Lane Kiffin being a mastermind and being creative with the offense. I do think they come yeah, to the Big Ten I and they're, that's and they're very successful. I think a lot of it's – yeah, I think Jay touched on A lot of it's just being creative with the offense and just opening it up and doing stuff. Like, my goodness, like, like – what 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 I mean, I, I think Iowa's defense is definitely better than Old Miss's off or defense. But I mean, if they can only score thirty points a game and Old Miss can score forty five, like yeah. it's just it's just a real thing. Like it's just it's no different than I mean, it was like it's it's that's happened for years. Like the Pac twelve had a moments where Oregon like ran rup shot over the country because they were willing to like open it up a little bit. Then everybody caught up with them and you know kind of brought things back to earth. And I, I, but think, I think Oregon that, changed the way college football is is. I think they changed the way offenses are ran 
Oh, absolutely. right now, like because I know like the spread off that started, like it started making its way to, to really big. And then, boom, like Oregon is like they grab it and they run with it. And yeah. I mean, what they were they were a, a track team like that Oregon team. They were a track team on the field. Like Bro, they had those, speed those dudes everywhere, dumb fast dumb receivers, fast. running yep. backs, quarterbacks were moving. Uh, yep. the, the tight ends, their corners, their safety. Like it was just speed everywhere in Oregon. And that's when the, the jerseys came and the brand of Oregon kind of yep. really became mainstream. Everybody wearing neon green Nikes and in Oregon tracksuits <laughs> and stuff. Like yeah, that buddy. was a yeah. thing because they 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 made. But I don't the spread office is speed sexy and then everybody caught up real quick though. Like everybody did catch up very quick. I don't think that like uh Ole Miss, Texas AM, Mississippi State, I don't think they're far from from doing that. I think that I think that's a real thing that's happening down there. Um I like it it just I I, I kind of agree with that. I think the, the Big Ten is they've, they've taken a bit of a step back like i think they have really good players they're putting out good nfl players but it, a lot of it's you know it's not the speed it's not the athletes a lot of it's just coaches and offensive mindset and i mean northwestern i mean northwestern went to the big 10 championship game last year if they start this year in the sec they're Vanderbilt. i mean that's just the truth of it like they're going to get just they're going to get wiped off the planet that's just a real thing but that's just I my opinion. I Maybe just you might, Mo, you'll, we'll find out. Okay, let's talk about this. What's going to happen when Auburn goes to Penn State? Because in, in, in theory, Auburn, I think, is – I mean, they're definitely ranked lower in the SEC than Penn State is in the Big Ten. You have two average quarterbacks in Sean Clifford and Bo Nix. Bo Nix, who was hyped up freshman year, true freshman starting quarterback. You had Hank Bach, Bachmeyer and both Boise State. He's a perfect example of why you don't want a four-year starter. No offense, Bo Nix. Yeah, I'm just saying. Jaden Daniels at, at, um, at Arizona State. There was a few other guys. They did, I did a show on. A, I actually did a show on these three guys. Like there are four of them. Like there are two freshman quarterbacks starting at these schools. You're like, wow, this could be amazing. Jaden Daniels. We're not sure what's going to happen with with Arizona State. Um, with, a big fan of his. With Jaden Daniels, I think he's great. I, I, don't, I don't even. I don't even know. I don't even know if he is. I'm just a big fan of Jaden Daniels. <laughs> I don't even know if Hank Bachmeyer is still starting at Boise State. Then you have Bo Nix, who is still going to be there, but he has a new coach, which is going to be a, a new uh, thing for him. Uh, hashtag Bo Nix is garbage. I didn't say that. The Blue Buds did. So we're trying <laughs> to. So I'm just going to go ahead and say what they say. But I don't know about the court. Like we, we put so much emphasis on the quarterback position. I think you got to put an emphasis on. A coach that's been there for a while in Franklin and a new head coach down there in Auburn, that's going to be a big thing to talk about going into this game. Because if you, you're both games, both teams are going to have a couple games under their belt. They're going to know the system, but there's nothing like a whiteout. There's, I'm just going to go out on the limb. Outside of the Rose Bowl, I think the best atmosphere in college football is the whiteout at Penn State, and I believe there are going to be two of them this year. One is when Auburn comes to town. I forget when the second one's going to be, probably when Michigan goes or another Ohio big game. State. Like, Ohio State's at home. Ohio State has Oh, that, yeah, right. Auburn. We're probably going to black out. So, yeah, it's probably, probably. Against Michigan or whatever, Wisconsin, and probably one of those teams. Yeah, you're right. I forgot we played them at home because I'm like, it's Ohio State. Like, it's always Ohio State. But, yeah, right. we'll black out for them. Right. So, I, I, I think that game is going to come down to the – well, first, the quarterbacks, which one plays better. Or I don't like either one. Um, I want to say Bo Nix, but Bo Nix has not really been that guy. Uh, Sean Clifford, he is, it is what it is. I think it comes down to the coaches. Honestly, I legit think it comes down to the coaches and how they implement their system. 
and how well the players buy in now during fall camp so that during week three when they're playing, they're not a well-oiled machine, but better off than they would be if they didn't buy in. Here, here's what I can tell you, though. And since this, this we're doing the Big Ten portion of this, uh, Penn State cannot lose this game. I was just about to say they that. Can't. I was just about like, to say that. If like this is the game that you wanted, like this, the Big Ten fans keep telling me this. Like, just bring them up here, and we're the exact same. Penn State is going to be ranked higher. They're ranked higher in their conference. They've got the. He just said it. You know, uh, Blue Bloods. You know, talked about like, you know all their uh, recruits and all that. Like they are the absolute hands down better team. They're in what they call the, you know, one of these great atmospheres, like great home field advantage. Mm-hmm. Auburn's traveling. They're coming North Penn state for them in the future of their program. And I'm not uh, overstating this. We just talked about the damage that 06 did to Ohio state's program to that, to the big 10 to benefit of the doubt in the playoff. If and especially if Auburn comes up and whoops them, it it is the biggest black eye for the Big Ten since that 06 game. Like Penn State absolutely has to win this game. They that more probably more pressure than most regular season games. Maybe when Texas came to Ohio State with Vince Young is the closest I can think to a team traveling, you know, that far north in that huge of a game. And that was one of those to where Texas was still favored in that game. So I, it just Penn State can't lose this game, but what do you I, guys think is going to happen? I so I, just real quick to touch on your point, <laughs> Penn State can't lose there. this game. Penn State can't they can't lose this game. And like we said earlier, I, I mentioned <laughs> earlier, they're gonna be they're gonna be you know Franklin's possibly coaching for his job, and like this game is gonna mean okay, let's a win for the Big Ten in the SEC against the SEC. The next question is on my list was is are Franklin and Harbaugh coaching for the job this year? So Mo, let's just go ahead and start that. I, I think so I think I think both of them are. I, I think Franklin even more so than Harbaugh. And the reason I Ooh, say wow. that is because I think like Franklin's also getting some interest from like, you know, he was uh if USC had been brought up you know, before that he might head out West. So I think like, yes, he's coaching for his job, but I just think this could be a, a, if the season goes bad, Franklin could try elsewhere and and go to USC or, you know, so I think it's a Penn state might be getting a little over. He might overstate his welcome, but it might be a mutual departure because Hey, we didn't meet expectations. We know you're interested in this job or whatever, but I think like the Auburn game matters. And I think the Ohio state game matters. And it's the same thing for hardball as far as, the Ohio State game matters. Everybody's like, Michigan, if they were an average program, would they'd be good. Year in, year out, they're having success. But they're not supposed to be this average program. They're supposed to be, like you said, Jeff, this blue blood, like you think about the, the definition of college football. It's Nebraska, Michigan, Ohio State, you know, the Southern School, Texas, Oklahoma, Alabama. Like those are the, you know, and like Texas doesn't live up to expectations and now they move to the SEC with Oklahoma. So, like, I think Harbaugh's on the same. If he doesn't beat Ohio State, Jay or Jeff, correct me, will he not be 0-6 mm-hmm. against Ohio State? If he mm-hmm. loses this year, he's 0-6. There's one thing. Ohio State could go 0-11. And in Week 12, if they beat Michigan, it would not be as unsuccessful as the season as we, we thought it would be because, of it, well, at least we beat Michigan. That means something like, well, at least we beat Michigan, even in a bad season. Michigan doesn't have that, like, 
uh, we lose two games, but we at least beat Ohio State. We're playing in a, in a competitive bowl game, and we beat Ohio State. 0-6, like, there's one thing you can't do at Ohio State. Ryan Day can't lose multiple back-to-back and multiple times at Michigan. Like, that, you can't do that. You can get upset by Penn State. You can lose a game. Urban Meyer lost a random game to Purdue. And all is forgiven. But you can't go with this. Urban Meyer couldn't have went 0-5 against Michigan. He might have been his job might have been gone at 0-3. So like I think that has to hold some weight at Michigan with hardball. And I think Franklin is put on notice in big games to be coaching for his job too. Because if they can't beat Auburn and they can't beat Ohio State again, they they come pr- pretty competitive. But if they lose again to Ohio State and they can't beat Auburn, then like you said, what does that say about Penn State on a national scale? Which ultimately, what does that say about the rest of the Big Ten not named Ohio State? Like you have to win those kind of games against these when you were able to play Auburn or whatever, or else it's like this is why it's Ohio State and then everybody else because Ohio State, yeah, they lose some, but they also win some of these big games against these teams. So if Ohio State blows the doors off of Oregon, everybody going to be looking like, see, we knew they were going to do that. It's Ohio State, but then everybody go, what does Penn State do against Auburn? You know, what does the third or fourth best team in the Big Ten do against the fifth or sixth best team in the SEC? And then that that also is why they, when they lose those games, that's why there's those arguments of Auburn would come and run the Big Ten because those probably were our third or fourth best team in Auburn's the fifth or sixth, and they just run through Penn most, State. So I do most, think both of them are. A lot of people think Penn State's the second best team. So real quick before we get to Jay, I think Franklin's the interesting one. I think you're right about Harbaugh. I think that he he has – I think he – I don't think he just like needs – I don't think – I think Ohio State's like – that that's irrelevant. I think it's like he has to look good and win a lot of games this year. Like I think if he goes eight and whatever and loses to Ohio State, he's good. I think it, I think as long as he wins eight games or so, he's fine. Eight, but he's been winning eight games. They've that's what been I said. going I eight and I, four. I, do. I, don't, I don't think he's. I don't think it's that insecure there. Penn State's the tricky one because if Franklin's recruiting this talent, like the blue blood said, and you know what I mean, like the pointed out, not said like they made it up. It's true. They got this great recruiting class coming in. What I've seen Michigan do over the years is overreact. Like I still don't think they should have got rid of rich Rodriguez. I really think that they, if they would have let him bring his players in, he would be really, really good. We see an offensive guru at that time. too. Defensive too. A lot of people like he was one of the three, three, five. Yeah. Preach, preach, baby. So like, I was always happy that they got rid of it. Now, um, that other dude, like that, that was a joke, but I think that was a mistake. Brady Brady Hoke was a mistake, but Rich Rod was, they should have kept him and, and but th- so Penn State doesn't want to make the mistake with Franklin, like, oh, you only won ten games this year. If he leaves with the portals now, like you're losing everybody. You're you're losing that. Franklin's going to another program, Tennessee, probably a Tennessee or somebody like that. He's I think he goes those. to USC. I think he possibly it, it could, goes it, to USC. Well, we'll see how, well, me and Jay think USC season is going to go pretty good, but I think that's a. I think you're right about that. He might be at Auburn. <laughs> like, I I don't, you know what I mean? Like I don't know if he can handle USC boosters, man. I don't. Maybe I not. Don't. But I think it, it would be think, like but I think recruiting Franklin, is a lot on the coaches, though. I think so, Franklin has a better chance to leave than he does to get fired. Because yeah, if Penn State fires Franklin, let's say Penn State loses to Auburn. We'll say they do lose to Ohio State. They don't have a great year. They finish whatever, 15th or whatever. <laughs> Who are they hiring 
next? Like, who's that guy that's going to turn things around? That's the only the guy I can think of right now is, uh, is like Tony Elliott, uh, Clemson's offensive coordinator, who everybody believes is like the next big thing. But outside of that, I don't know about there being like a big guy. Do you want a coordinator? Do you want to go out and get a guy? Do, do they do they bring back Bill O'Brien? I mean, I, that's what I, I, I mean. Know. So I think I think he's got a better chance of leaving. But I I do think that you know I, we we you know we keep hearing about the recruiting classes. I think he does need to do something. So we'll go to Jay. Jay, do you think that either one of these coaches is coaching for their job this year? Not so much for Franklin. Um, I do believe that if if Penn State goes eight and four, say nine and three. Um, I do believe that he keeps his job. I think that Penn State understands and realizes how hard it is to go nine and three in college football, especially in the Big Ten, knowing the talent that's on that team. I think that the average fan thinks that if you go, if you have less than 10 wins, you suck. I'm sorry, you don't. You don't at all. There's a lot of good eight and four, nine and three win teams every single year. I think Hardball, however, is one that is coaching for his job. Um, I do. I have been saying this for a while. I don't like calling for someone to say they're going to get fired, but I'm just going to answer your question. Um, I do think there's a way for Jim Harbaugh to not make it to Week 12, well, legit Week 13, and play Ohio State because they actually open up the schedule of their season pretty easy. They open up against Western Michigan. They get Washington at home, which is lucky. If they had to go to the West Coast, I think that was automatically going to be an L. It still could be a loss at home, which is going to get a lot of people really, really wondering. Then they got Northern Illinois. They got Rutgers. They have to go to Wisconsin. Back after that, they got to go to Nebraska. They get a week off. They're home against Northwestern. Then they got to go to East Lansing and then Indiana. I wonder if Mel Tucker finds a way to beat Harbaugh, does Harbaugh get past Michigan State? That's my question for Harbaugh right now. The buyout for his in his contract is more school friendly than it's Harbaugh friendly. It's less buyout money now. If Mel Tucker finds a way to get Michigan State one, the, the fans are going to rush the field. I mean, Michigan State has, has been longing for this moment, but I don't know if Harbaugh gets past that. I'm looking at a preview magazine right now saying Michigan's probably going to be uh, go, going to go seven and four, five and seven and five. Excuse me, five and four in the Big Ten. That doesn't keep his job. No, no way. To me, that, to me, that doesn't no keep way. his job. And I, think I don't think way. that. I don't think if he does that and beats Ohio State, it keeps his job. I really don't like. Like at this point, with with all the money and everything that that he's got, I don't think an Ohio State victory is all that he needs. I, I well, really not don't. not with him being zero five already in a mediocre like a mediocre season and a win against Ohio State is not like with him being zero and five. Now, if he was two and three. You know, uh, look on a three-game losers, but he had already he won two, two games like or he something. Was a lifetime contract. That's this what I'm saying. Like he'd be okay at that point if he lost, even if this was his fourth loss in a row. I, think, I just I think he's zero and five. Too, I think people are too hung up on the rivalry. Like his teams have got worse the last three years. It's not like, even much of a rivalry at this point. Look, like they don't look that great. Like the team on the field doesn't look that great. He started off pretty good, but. Uh, you know that what he did with Stanford and what he did with San Francisco 49ers it's just that's not today's football and I don't know if he's you know Jeff you know, I've, wo- I've wondered this and Mo I don't know if you think about this either I've wondered if Harbaugh is a better quarterback coach or offensive coordinator than head coach and I know the Blue Bloods just mentioned the extension that Michigan gave Harbaugh which is true and that's I think, why I mentioned the I mentioned the buyout because the buyout's makes, actually the buyout's less now than it previously yeah. was under his old contract. So the extension is there, but they're still spending less money if they fire him. I've always wondered with Harbaugh if they if he is a better offensive coordinator or quarterback coach 
than a head coach. Because if he can get just one guy or a group of three or four guys in a quarterback room and coach them and groom them, I think that's better for him and his mindset, the way that he coaches, than a team. And also, I think offensively, he's a good offensive coach. He's shifting things now to be a better offensive coach. I don't know if he's the best. He can be a head coach. I'm not saying he's a bad head coach. But I think he'd be a better fit for any football team, possibly OC or QB coach versus a head coach, because I think he can make more of a lasting impact that way. And I've also been that guy that's like, not everybody's meant to be a head coach. Some guys are just going to go eight and four. Some guys are just just going to (laughs) go seven and five. That's just what they are. You can't get mad at them. That's what they are. Hardball in the the Pac-12 is different than hardball in the Big Ten. The Big Ten's tougher. Maybe he needs to take a step back and say, look, I'll stay – well, I'm going to stay in Michigan, but I'll stay in college, but take a lesser role, still make a million or a couple million every single year and be the offensive coordinator because that's maybe – it might be a better fit for him than running the entire operation. Plus, he gets to lead the the boosters and be answered yeah. for the program. It's a lot less stress on him when he's running just the offense or just the quarterbacks. So let me ask you real quick, Jay. So mm-hmm. if if that would be the case, then my question would be, why is his quarterbacks failing? Like, why is, why do they, why have Michigan, like if he is, because that was the thing about him was like, you know, they expected like, man, he's going to have a really good quarterback room in Michigan. He was like a quarterback. He was one of many, but not a lot, but one of many quarterback whispers. They expect, yep. oh man, that offense is going to be outstanding. Um, they, They've done well at wide receiver. Uh, They've put some wide receivers in the NFL in, in, I understand like Jeff isn't the biggest on what they do in the NFL, but I'm just looking at based on what you do in college, mm-hmm. kind of pr- where you get drafted. They've had capable NFL wide receivers playing in that program, but why is it such? It's really bad quarterback play. Like they have yet to find a consistent quarterback under the head coach who is the quarterback whisperer. So I would like my, my wonder would be like, if he is such a great, quarterbacks coach and, and even offensive coordinator then then and they say he's calling the plays over there in Michigan then why is his offense not figured it out and a brand that sells itself so recruiting and getting that star quarterback shouldn't be that hard blue blood shouldn't be that hard and then you talk about you have adequate pieces everywhere else why is quarterbacks a problem at Michigan I mean what we every year it's He's that guy. He's that guy. Now there's some some guy. Uh, uh, I don't even remember his name. I don't too much care about Michigan. I hear it, but I don't listen. Uh, but they have a quarterback this year who's supposed to be, you know, um, decent. He's supposed to be decent, little nice recruit. But it's like, what has Harbaugh done to show me that he's gonna figure out his quarterback situation any different than what he's done up to this point? McCaffrey failed. Oh, uh, uh, they had a transfer. He didn't do much. Like there's just. Yeah, okay, Alan Bowman from Texas Tech transfer in. So is he is he gonna be the guy? I would un, I would assume not under Harbaugh. Like he just hasn't gotten the quarterback right. And if you can't get the quarterback right, well, you're never gonna beat Ohio State because they really have they've had good problems at quarterback, not necessarily always knowing who it is. But he's quarterback play in their office has been so stagnant. It's like they have the talent. The recruiting gap is not as large between Michigan and Ohio State as it seems when they step on the field. And it's for the simple fact because the quarterback play is such a gap. Nobody else notices the fact that Michigan actually is fairly close to Ohio State in talent. So that would be my thing with Harbaugh is why he hasn't figured that out yet. You know, I thought about that myself, Mo. I thought about the whole Harbaugh situation at Michigan. And I wonder if it's if he'd be better 
to only focus on one, the offense or the QB, possibly focusing on the entire operation doesn't allow him to really assist the quarterback in the best way that he can because he has to answer for the defense and he has to answer to the media and he has these boosters and he has a meeting with the AD and oh the president and cha- president and also chancellor want to meet with him. It's possible that all these things are kind of deferring him from being able to help the quarterback in the best way that he can. We've seen Harbaugh at other stops have good quarterbacks. I mean, Kaepernick played well under Har- under Harbaugh. Um, uh, Andrew Luck played well under Harbaugh. I think they even went undefeated or 11-1 season out there at Stanford. So there's so many things that are good there. I just don't I, – I don't know. I don't have the answers. Uh, I'm, I'm questioning things like you are. I just wonder if he's a better guy that's a quarterback coach or an OC versus a head coach. And I don't have the answer as far as why things are – why things haven't clicked with the quarterback since he has been there. I, I I don't know. I wish I did. But one thing I've learned since posting podcasts, Jeff knows this and Mo, you know this as well. It's better for me and I think for all, a lot, all of us when we don't have the answer to just say, I don't know, speculate. Let people know you're honest and you're real. Don't be the guy that goes on TV or, or a podcast or the radio <laughs> and says, I know all the answers because yeah. you don't. You don't know all the yeah. answers. You think you do, but you don't. Yeah, but, really, nobody knows the answer to well, that I question. Think, it's just... I think- Jay touched on. I think there. I think I've always said this, and I say it, the NFL is the worst case. Is I cannot stand it when you take a really good coordinator and you make them head coach because now you've you you've taken away what they're the best at. Yes, and I think that there's something to that. I don't, you know, I think the distraction, the part of especially in college. My goodness, like that's why I said about Urban Meyer, his run at Ohio State. Like he was really good at delegating. He was a CEO. Um, and Harbaugh's still more of a – I think he's a, a really, really good head coach in a program that doesn't need so much focus on the BS that's outside of it. I think every time Jay brings up boosters, like he's getting to something like all the – when he has to talk to like, you know, uh, 30 or 40 people – you know, just to make sure the money keeps coming in. He's not in the quarter. He's not in <laughs> right. the quarter. He's right. not in the yeah. quarterback room. <laughs> right. Um, and I think that's a huge thing. And I and I and I can I'm concerned. Like I'll sit here right now and say that's my concern with Day, only because he's he's new to this. And you know, you see these these coaches get beat down over the years because of all the extra stuff. You know, can they keep it up? Uh, you know, we just lost the late great Bobby Bowden and he was one of the best ever at as he as he became an icon in his career he let Jimbo Fisher run the team he let you know other guys run the team and he did he was the face of the program he was he's still to this day the best ever at transitioning into the CEO of that team and it worked um you know Bowden was the best at it and um I don't know if Harbaugh's figured that out yet I I think that if if I have a high if I have two high school teams and Harbaugh is one of the coaches, I think that he wins most of those games. I think he's an excellent football coach. I've always said that. I think he's a, I think he's a great offensive line coach, specifically quarterback coach, things like that. But I don't know how I don't know how good of a CEO he is. And unfortunately, in today's college football, that's what you got to be. And Jeff, so, I got a que- I got a question for you really quickly. Speaking yeah. of Bobby Bowden, it was just on my head. Do you and now I've heard a lot about how Bobby Bowden went on this was it twelve or wait, 14 straight years of finishing in the top five in the AP poll. Maybe it was 12 years. Do you think Ryan Day could do that? I know it's early, but he's the only guy I think in college football that could do that. Nick Saban has not. Um, Nick Saban cannot because he's about to retire coming up very, very soon. He's just running out of time, yeah. Right, 
um, I think in the past few years, they were like, I think he had like 10 wins and they were outside the top five, of course. But do you think Ryan Day is a guy at Ohio State could be the CEO style and still do that like long stretch run two national championships in that stretch and finish top five in the AP? Because that's a feat that I'm not sure people really respect how hard that is, especially during that era of college football. So, so uh, I got a few answers to that. Yeah, yeah. One is it's just it's the playoffs make it really different now. Like mm-hmm. if if you ask me, like at the end of the season before the playoffs start, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, could he be at that top five? Yes, I do think he could do that. Um, I'm still under the impression that I don't think he will. Um, I've always said this. I I like Ryan. I like what he's done. I really feel like he's going to be a coach in the NFL mm-hmm. s- sooner than I want. That's his choice. That's just my gut feeling about it because of what we just talked about with Harbaugh. Because at some point you're like, okay, I don't need to deal with this anymore. I need a general manager to deal with this BS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to coach football. Um, but but he's done everything everything right. Like he hasn't lost a Big Ten game. Ryan Day has two losses in their playoff games. So I would be silly to sit here. And you know, in Ohio State, as of now. Well, you know, Jay, you touched on it earlier and, you know, your show and I listened to it today, college football is changing. But as college football stands right now with the way the Big Ten set up, you know, Ryan Day never starts a season with more than two losses on a schedule. Like every season he's going to, you know, start it that way, just like, you know, a lot of teams have over the years. So uh, Florida State was like that. I think Florida State was in a similar situation back then. The ACC, well, yeah, it was still the ACC then. I forget the Big East, the ACC thing was all is all messed up there. But um, you know, the, the teams weren't just like. As a matter of fact, if you take Florida off their schedule, Bobby Bowden's the, like by far the greatest coach that you know we've ever seen. So Miami and Florida, I should say, both of them. So yeah, I think I think Ryan Day can do that, but I by no means think he will do that if that makes any sense i think he's got i think he's in a really great position to have a long crazy you know historic career at ohio state but you know we all know that that's just that's just not how it goes in today's football long so long answer but there it is i'm yeah i'm with jeff i'm with jeff on that too i've you know there were rumblings that Urban Meyer was interested in bringing, you know, Ryan Day to Jacksonville as his office of coordinator. Not sure how much substance there was to that. Jay, you probably would know better uh, than than I would or even how the, the truth to it. But just hearing that rumor and then you remember uh, the possibility, I think, before last season, before Ron Rivera got there, that Washington uh, football team was interested in Ryan Day. Like, to me, that made the realization that, like, either Ryan Day is, like, he's going to ride or die, and you know what? I'm going to build an empire here at Ohio State. And if he leaves, it's okay. Like, it's not like he doesn't love Ohio State. I mean, we talk about Urban Meyer a whole nother show because he, he looks – he appears one way, but I have a whole different type of feeling about Urban Meyer. But that's what another show – Uh but I think Ryan Day is like, you know, he's going to take this thing as long as possible. But at the same time, like the NFL money come talking and that less of a headache of like, like you said, Jeff, I just get to focus on football. I just get to go be the offensive coordinator, you know, somewhere else. And like you said, even being a head coach, I'm not saying it's less, it's probably less stressful in the NFL 
than it is college football. Only reason I say that, yes, you have recruiters and all that, but like you deal with recruiting, you deal with all the visits, you got to deal. Like you said, like Jay's mentioned a hundred times in this show, uh, uh, boosters and all that. So I do think that there's a possibility that he dips. I, I do really think there's a possibility that he dips at I- some points. If but but he could be Lincoln Riley, where Ohio State values him so much that. No. They like they don't let that NFL money talk, and and they keep coming with them. But because we've seen Lincoln Riley multiple years, really, it seems like each year it seems like he's going to the NFL, and he and he stays around at Oklahoma. Like, do we not think that you know Ryan Day could be the same way? And I still see a world where Lincoln Riley ends up dipping at some point, ends up in the NFL. So I guess you just you you really I, don't know. I think that I think that Lincoln Riley and Ryan Day are both in the NFL, probably sooner than if if Ryan Day has another season like last year and Stroud has a or whoever the quarterback is has a season like Justin Fields like he's he's going to be just he's going to be too hot to not touch I mean it's just it's just one of those things and I think Lincoln Riley's the same way I, I really do I don't you know Bob Stoops was a rarity that stuck it out and retired at a school but you know it is what it is so Jay Stevens has to hop off here soon uh, we had a bonus question for tonight. Do you, do you guys feel that you got time to go over the bonus question real quick? Just yeah, give our yeah. list. Jake J- uh, J- could go first. Uh, all right, we got a uh, we had a Big Ten bonus question tonight. I said, "Who were your?" I basically said, "Who were your favorite Big Ten players of all time?" So, um, Jay Stevens, what what was your list? I'm just going to go with one, make it really quick and simple for you. J.K. Dobbins, I want to go recent memory, oh, recent wow. history with, with, with Big Ten players. Um, I never, got to, favorite player never got to see uh, Eddie George play. I wasn't watching football back then in the mid-90s. Uh, I was a big Ezekiel Elliott fan, but he went to the NFL, and I'm a big person on personality and who you are. like How you come across as a human is big to me and how I like you. Um, and I've always been a J.K. Dobbins fan. Came in short, stocky, strong, big, big tree trunks for legs. And he just kept getting better and better and better and better and better to the point that you get Gus Johnson's Gus Johnson calling game saying JK all day at the end of the Big Ten championship game. I believe it was the 2019 season. 19. At the end of that game, I believe Gus Johnson went down to the field and gave J.K. Dobbins either his game chart or game notes or something. Yeah. Signed no, it I and gave it, it to J.K. Yeah. Gave it to J.K. Dobbins and said, look, man, I have loved watching you. I've loved calling your games. This is something for you to remember from me as someone that you never heard any of my broadcast live, but you impressed me so much. Here's something that I'm going to give to you. And a lot of these broadcasters, I'm a little nerd when it comes to this stuff, they keep this stuff for years and years and years. So for Gus Johnson to give that to J.K. Dobbins at the end of the game, that meant so much not just to me as for me watching it, but I'm sure to Gus and to J.K. Dobbins saying, this guy has given me his specific notes for the game, signed it, and is coming down to the field to talk to me, to specifically talk to me and congratulate me on the career that I've had and talk about how much fun it's been for me to uh, watch for him to broadcast the games. And it has been fun for me to watch him play. Um, he's just been one of those guys that I hope, I hope, just people remember for a very, very, very long time. People forget somebody like Beanie Wells. People forget how good he was at Ohio State. I hope people don't forget how good J.K. Dobbins was at Ohio State either. Yeah, me, me neither. I, he was an absolute treasure and a, and a real showed up in every game. Uh, just just a just a wonderful running back, especially in an offense that there were so many options, you know. But he was still someone to lean on, you know. 
un, not unfortunately had nothing to do with him, but I'll never have the memory. Like he needed like three more steps. And I think we, <laughs> we go to a national championship game. It has not his fault. He played, <laughs> he played gr- a great playoff game against Clemson, left it on the field. You know, like you said, big 10 championships, um, just, just a, and, and it seems like a, he seems like a really fun guy. Yeah. And I'm, I'm happy for him, but I hope things do. I think that's a great choice, Jay Stevens. I think that's a great choice. Appreciate it. Mo, who's your, who's your favorite Big Ten players? So I'm going to go quick on the first one. I, call me a trader, call me a switch out. Steve Breston is actually one of my like favorite players I've watched. Okay. You know, wide receiver. For, I was innocent at that age. Remember, I'm a little bit yeah, younger. Man. Jeff, so I was more innocent in the fandom. I loved Ohio State. I understood the rivalry. I think actually around the end of his era at Michigan was when uh, just, the game of the century. So you know, no, I've got I've got two I've got two Michigan guys on my list. So don't feel like oh like, okay, well then cool. But he he was he man watching him was like like I was a kid. I wanted to play. I was stuck whether I wanted to be a quarterback or be a receiver, and it was like seeing him like. Y'all know we've we've done these type of shows before, and I love Devin Hester. So I love those type of players, especially when you just talk about flat-out excitement. Ted Ginn, you know, it was another one of them. But uh, in Deshaun Jackson, those type of guys. So Steve Breston, because he was in the Big Ten, he was a guy I just absolutely loved watching. Yeah. Um, Braxton Miller, like, of course. Oh, like, yeah. I feel like that's just – you know, uh, as an Ohio State fan, I'm sure if everybody picks their favorite players, he's somewhere in the top five to seven of Ohio State players you've ever watched. Mm-hmm. Probably regardless of age, he just has to be. What he did, um, and what I, I remember him the most for was first off the year we went undefeated, and he probably would have won us a national championship if we weren't under sanctions. Urban Meyer's first year, we go 12-0, and win that big game against Michigan State, and it was like, oh, my – it was a what-if season. It literally was was a – If I'm correct, that was a year that Alabama thrashed Notre Dame, right? Yes, it was, but it was such a – I'm just saying I can't guarantee, like, that we could have rode – But we could have played. We at least could have played. We should have played for it. And, and Braxton Miller was – he was so dynamic that it was like Bama never seen a guy like him. I'm not saying we beat Bama, but I'm just saying the, the precedent of like – they've never faced a guy like him up to that point. So, I mean, Braxton Miller – and then that – when he switches over to receiver, a spin move he put on, you know, against that guy, you know, against receiver. Virginia Tech, that was – it was – it showed like, man, he could do this based off his versatility – versatility and how just dynamic he was like that spin move put him on the map for non-Ohio State fans and that was prior to really social media being huge imagine if Braxton Miller puts that spin move on today that is play of the year for the next two years that is a never forget 10 years down the line like that is viral you know what we call going viral that spin move goes right to this day. It becomes a meme somehow, some way. Like it's going to be like when I'm trying to holler at some chick and she's, I slide in her DM. She, <laughs> it gives me a spin move. Like it's going to be a meme, a gift. Well, it's going to you know be Let's a bring thing. It back, Mo. Let's bring it back. Like it, it's going to be a thing. Like it, that spin move. Oh my God. Like, I remember, I watched it live and it was like, oh my. What I like God. about Braxton Miller's, he didn't come from a uh, football juggernaut in high school. Like Wayne is uh, a smaller school and he basically carried him. I, th- I, I think he, I don't think he won the state championship, if I remember correct, but he played okay. in it. Um, just, uh, you know, I'm, like I say, I know people that like, I know, I know a guy that his nephew played with Braxton Miller and like that. It, it wasn't, 
you know, it wasn't one of these, you know, football factories. So I'll just get mine real quick and we'll get out of here. I got a bunch of them on here. Um, so I got a couple at Ohio State, Smith and Ginn, Troy Smith and Ted Ginn, mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. one of the funnest combinations, one of the funnest seasons I've ever watched. They were electrifying. They made some of the greatest plays in Ohio State and Big Ten history. Uh, another guy that, like, just jumped off the screen was um, – was um, shoot, I forgot Arrington's first name from Penn State. What's well, uh, the line? LeVar Arrington. LeVar Arrington. When at Penn State was just – just exploded off of the TV screen, like jumping over the line of scrimmage. He was bigger, faster, better than everybody else. Everything, See, I remember him in the NFL. He was, yeah, he was electric. He was that good at Penn State. What you saw in the NFL, that's how good he was when he was at Penn State. It was amazing what he could. He just, he just looked different. And then I put the two Michigan guys on there, um, watching uh, Desmond Howard and Charles Woodson. They're, they're still two of the best college football players I ever saw. I hated them, but that's why I hated them so much is because they were so good. And every time the ball was in the air, you you didn't want – just like just like with Ted Ginn, like you didn't want him to have the ball in his hands. Desmond Howard was just – especially playing back then in a the type of offenses, was just an amazing player. He was fun. He did everything right. Um and uh, you know, Woodson speaks for himself. You know, he just went into the Hall of Fame. He was he was a problem. He really was a legit, just one of the best all around football players I ever saw. So that's just some of mine. So, gentlemen, uh, I want to thank you. I know we went long. We had a blast. That's what happens when you get a few high state guys <laughs> together two weeks before the season. Uh, I'm sure we provoked some people. I'm sure we started some conversation, but I feel good about what we did here. So Everybody, Mo Murphy, Up in Flames podcast. Follow him on Twitter. Download him on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Go to OffTheBallNetwork.com. He just had an article released today, I believe. Uh, yeah. You know, go check out the work he's doing on there. And then you got the hardest working man in podcast. You got Jay Stevens. Uh, daily, you know, Locked on Buckeyes podcast. The Jay Stevens podcast is still one of my absolute go-tos every week when it comes out. Jay's kind enough to make time for me in the week to do this. So go follow Jay Stevens at Jay Stevens. I believe it's 07, right, Jay? Yes, sir. On Twitter. Yes, sir. Um, you know, check him out. Everything he's doing. Uh, the, the, both these guys have a ton of, you know, great shows coming up and great content coming up so uh check them out follow like share interact you guys know the deal it's been fun everybody thank the blue bloods for uh checking in and watching the comments were great uh we welcome you to the off the ball network uh we i can't wait to see what you can do in the future everybody else be kind have a great week and uh football season's right around the corner and we're, we're ready to go thanks guys